Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, boys and girls, it's NFL Monday. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and your smart speaker. Alongside Amber Wilson, I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny today, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear on the Goodyear hotline. Miss any of the show? You can always find both hours of this show, Greeny, posted daily as a podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Our thoughts on tonight's game between the Ravens and the Raiders coming up. Our thoughts on what happened yesterday with Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns, and the Kansas City Chiefs, as well as the showdown in Jacksonville between the Saints and the Packers as Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay get smoked, absolutely smoked in that matchup. Amber, yesterday we were able to get some payoff. Some being the operative word when it comes to the sports talk radio conversation that dominated the NFL landscape through the month of August. And that was the rookie quarterbacks who should start when they should start, how they perform, how it would all play out. We got the answer in part to three, three individuals started yesterday as rookies for their respective teams. Zach Wilson and the Jets fall 19 to 14 in Carolina against the Panthers, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars fall 37-21 in Houston against the Texans. Mac Jones and the Patriots fall 17-16 at home against the Dolphins. Your general assessment of the three starters. Did anyone stand out to you in a good way, a bad way? How'd you see it? I will go the Mac Jones route, but before I get to that, just hearing you go through those games, you're talking about three debuts that, frankly, you could have argued might have had a shot at being winnable. I think that the Jets had a tall order, but we didn't know what Sam Darnold was going to look like in a Panthers uniform, and I think that you would have circled that Houston matchup if you were a Jags fan as maybe the game that you could actually get in the W column. Those performances didn't go nearly as well, largely because of the teams around those quarterbacks. But the Mac Jones debut, that's the one that stands out to me because he had a really promising debut against my Miami Dolphins. He looked a heck of a lot better than I wanted him to, if I'm being (laughs) honest with you. He showed that the game's definitely not too big for him. I mean, I think we knew that coming off of the preseason. The moment's not too big. He was throwing in rhythm. He was throwing out of empty formations. He looked good on accuracy. He looked great with his decision-making. It was all very disappointing as a Miami Dolphins fan. His 133 passing yards, Joe, in the first half would have been a season high in the first half for the 2020 Patriots. So it seems that (laughs) Bill and the guys with the New England Patriots made the right decision going with Mac Jones over Cam Newton. I was really impressed. 29 to 39, 280 yards, 81 yards one touchdown, no interceptions for Jones. He kept his cool against, I think, a very good Miami Dolphins defense that ended up winning the Dolphins the game. And you know what? They were in position to win. They were in position. You've got the Patriots trailing by one, 17-16, three minutes, 18 seconds remaining. They're first and 10 on the Miami 11. Worst case scenario, they should be coming away with a field goal to grab the lead. And Damian Harris on first down, fumbles the ball Miami recovers and boom that's all she wrote so Damian Harris welcome to Bill Belichick's doghouse all fantasy owners who thought they had something cooking there have to start looking over their shoulder the one that stands out to me is Trevor Lawrence in Houston taking on the Texans number one overall pick supposedly the savior of the franchise he goes 28 of 51 332 yards three touchdowns three interceptions I'm not worried about Lawrence he can play I'm worried about his head coach I'm not sure he can get the job done at this level And I know it's one game, but that was an abject failure on all levels on behalf of Urban Meyer. 
okay? It's one thing to be Cleveland, like we talked about earlier. You show up in Kansas City, you play a hell of a game, you come up short late, there was an opportunity to win it, but you didn't close. Not the end of the world, right? You showed you can hang, you played very well, there's a lot of positive to take away. There's no positive to take away from Urban Meyer's debut as an NFL head coach. Literally none. You were going against the team that was the favorite to go 0-17. You're going against the most dysfunctional franchise in the business, talent lacking at almost every spot on the field. They traded away Bradley Roby, their cornerback, over the weekend of the Saints. Deshaun Watson's not playing. J.J. Watt's gone. And you rolled in there as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. You didn't just get smoked by 16 points in that game. All right? You only held the ball for 25 minutes on offense. You lost the turnover battle, minus three. Ten penalties. Three of 11 on third down. All the way across the board, those are the stats that tell you a team is undisciplined and sloppy. Penalties, turnovers, mistakes. Trevor Lawrence, not worried about him in the least. I think he's got all the talent in the world. Urban Meyer, worried about him as much as you possibly could be because that was a horrible debut. Losing that game is one thing. Getting blown out in Houston and playing like that is a completely different story. Yeah, you mentioned that there's no positive takeaways if you're a Jags fan. I think that there are. Don't Don't you dare try to sell it. Don't well, you dare. there are in regards to Lawrence, right? I mean, I think you saw that arm strength. You saw that the mechanics are an elite level. He cycled through those receiver progressions. He got rid of the ball in a heartbeat, which Lord knows he's going to need to behind <laughs> that Jags line. Yes. He threaded the ball. The touchdowns were are. I mean, there were moments from Lawrence in, uh, in frankly, uh, uh, teal sewage. There were moments from Lawrence where if you're a Jags fan, you feel pretty good about the future there under center. You're right. The rest of that operation was trash. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> there's not really a nicer way. Say to it, it, sister. But listen. It's it's the debut of Urban Meyer as a head coach. You don't get the number one pick if you're a great team. You don't walk into that situation if you're Urban Meyer, if it's a great team, and you're not on that team if you're Trevor Lawrence, if it's already a great team intact. That's not how it works. That's not how it works bringing in these former college coaches, these big-time names, and it's not how it works getting the number one pick in any draft in any year. We could say the same thing about Zach Wilson's debut where, hey, Zach spent way too much time running for his life and on his his back and he took way too much time at times and too many shots like he showed us he's too tough Zach be a little less tough okay calm down get rid of that ball be a little less tough you don't need to be out there getting murdered every play but I think that if you're a Jets fan you have to understand that you're building towards something and that's got to be incredibly frustrating for the Jets fan because they're always building towards something I get it but that is how this works when we're talking about these rookie quarterback debuts because if they had these great teams already intact frankly they probably Probably wouldn't have a rook starting under center to begin with. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Zach Wilson, 20 of 37, 258 yards, two touchdowns, one interception in New York's 1914 loss at Carolina. Not bad. Not bad. There was enough there to make it look like he is a pro quarterback, right? He moved well in the pocket. He eluded the pressure. He made some big-time throws. He also made some mistakes and held on to the ball too long. That's exactly what you expect from a rookie in his debut. There's no no reason to be down on any of these guys. I mean, if you think about it, we've got three rookie debuts, and I think you feel pretty good about how all of those guys did under incredible pressure, whether it's the limelight in New England or the pressure literally for the Jags and the Jets. All three of those guys performed. One of my most underrated teams coming into the season was the Carolina Panthers. 
and I know it was the Jets who I thought were much more aggressive and much more successful on defense yesterday than I was anticipating, given what they've got back there. That's a testament to Robert Sala, the new head coach. But Sam Darnold, 24 of 35, 279 yards, a TD, no interceptions. Darnold looked good. Darnold looked good for the Amazing Carolina Panthers. what happens Panthers. when you put okay quarterbacks on good teams. All of a sudden, they look so much better. It's the second you get away from Adam Gase, it's like the clouds part in that scene in like the yeah, third Matrix ask. movie where yeah. they, they shoot all the way up into the sky and they get past the scorched earth. And it's like, oh, my God, there's a sun up here. Just and then you come Ryan all the way Tiana crashing down. Like you get away from Adam Gase and suddenly your NFL future blossoms. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. Two other rookie quarterbacks who we didn't mention, but I'm sure you can guess their names. They saw the field yesterday, but only one of their teams handled it correctly. We're going to have that for you next. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenball. We're filling it for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. Jimmy gets hit. Fluttering ball down the sideline. Caught by Debo Samuel. Touchdown! San Francisco. How did he catch that ball? That's Greg Papa, the voice of the San Francisco 49ers on KNBR. Alongside Amber Wilson, I'm Joe Fortenball. We are in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, which is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. Speaking of which, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, and motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Rookie QBs making their debut. Zach Wilson, okay. Trevor Lawrence, okay. Mac Jones, not bad. All three lost, all three started. The two who didn't start but did see some action yesterday, Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears threw two passes, completed both of them for 10 yards, also had a carry for three yards and a touchdown, which cut the lead to 20-14 to in Chicago's loss at Los Angeles against the Rams on Sunday night. And we saw a little bit of Trey Lance as well. The first touchdown of the game. Trey Lance steps in. He finds Trent Sheffield in the back of the end zone for a 7-0 lead against the Detroit Lions as the Niners went on to beat Detroit. And that's the only rookie, Amber, who made a debut and won the game yesterday. So let's start with Fields and how the Niners, or excuse me, Lance, and how the Niners approached the Jimmy Garoppolo-Trey Lance split. Did you like Kyle Shanahan's approach? Did you think it worked? Do you think it should work moving forward? 
the only rookie who saw the field yesterday who won the game and frankly didn't probably need to see the field yesterday in order for them to win the game, although they did at one point cough up a nearly 28-point lead in that game. I felt like the way that we saw Trey Lance, though, and that game seemed like it was over at the half. We saw him in a win, in a dominant win, where, like I said, they didn't need to bring him in, but they brought him in, and they showed us a little glimpse of, I think, how they are going to use him. And we've been talking about it since the preseason because we saw it in that third preseason game, sort of that dual quarterback role. Can Trey Lance get into this system where he's not going to be the starter right now? That is going to be Garoppolo, but that he is actually going to be a legitimate part of the mix and not in the mix like we're turning over the keys tomorrow kind of in the mix, and that's what we're trying to see, but in the mix like we're actually trying to win games because we've got a very good team here, and we feel like he can help us do that on special specialty plays obviously if you're a Niners fan you're excited about what you saw from Trey Lance but there's very viable reasons why Trey Lance needs some more time Trey Lance seems to be to me that one rookie that people sort of understand why he's not starting out of the gate and people seem more okay with that concept but I also wonder if the way that Shanahan is using Trey Lance where we are going to get the opportunity to see him seemingly maybe game in and game out in these special packages I wonder if that also appeases that fan base a bit more than what we see in cities like Chicago where they were just vying for Justin Fields and even though we saw him it felt like a desperation play where anything to provide a spark to the Bears like the Bears have so many problems that just anything we can do in Chicago to get that spark let's bring in Justin Fields he's the answer that's not how Trey Lance was used because they didn't need the spark necessarily from Trey Lance it feels like he's more part of that game plan and a game plan even if the game is going according to plan and so I do wonder does that appease the fan base more like are you not as hungry for Trey Lance because you kind of feel like he's like you're getting him like he's part of the mix She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. I think of all the rookie quarterback situations, no one's in a better situation than Trey Lance, the San Francisco 49ers, and the San Francisco 49er fan base. You have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. The beauty for you is that you have a capable quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo who proved that once again yesterday. 17 of 25, 314 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. He did fumble the ball away early in that game. Soft landing spot against the Detroit Lions. You win that game. Now you're going to travel to Philadelphia next week with another opportunity to get a win before you come home and face a three-game gauntlet of Green Bay, Seattle, and Arizona. All right? This is how you want to start. You've got a quarterback who was in the Super Bowl two years ago. And I always think Garoppolo's a bit underappreciated in that town because they have a great head coach and they've got a great defense. But Garoppolo made big plays to get that team to that Super Bowl. Who knows if they go to the Super Bowl if they don't obtain the one seed. And in order to get the one seed, they had to win that game in New Orleans where the defense didn't show up. That was a shootout of the highest order, and Garoppolo played huge in that game. He's not perfect, but he's good enough now where Lance can sit, learn. The team's winning. They're well coached. They've got a solid defense. They will find ways to get the job done. They don't need to rush him. Quick side note for the gamblers out there. This is why you've got to get the best number when it comes to betting because seven and a half was available all week. And if you bet the Niners late, you got eight and a half. And they ended up winning by eight because they let the Lions go on a 16-0 run to end the game. Brutal beat. Brutal beat. But the value of getting the best number and shopping around. Keep that in mind as we move forward. Amber Wilson, Joe Fornball, we're in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. On the flip side, look at how Chicago handled the situation last night. What was that? Like, explain that to me. What was that? We're going to get some fields here and there, but not lots of fields. The second 
Chicago realized that that Rams defense wasn't as solid as they were last year, I think Fields should have gotten more time. What about you? Well, really, it was Chicago's defense that ends up being the problem if we're going to evaluate the Bears because that's supposed to be the strength of their team. And I don't know what happened out there yesterday, but that defense definitely did not live up to the hype, and that's completely unacceptable. There were some coverages in that game that I don't think existed in NFL defensive playbooks that the Bears decided they were going to debut last night, such as not covering receivers who were streaking down the field. Yeah, coverages. They decided to debut busted (laughs) coverages is what they decided to debut last night now of course you bring in Justin Fields and that's the hungriest fan base for any of these rooks right I mean that fan base has just been crying all preseason long and we understand why they're so hungry to see Fields out there and you bring him in he's only quarterback on the Bears to get a touchdown but you see him in a limited capacity when they brought in Trey Lance for the 49ers you only saw Lance for four snaps but also you understood why because why is Shanahan going to show everything to you that he has in store for Garoppolo and Lance in, a, in a, what was a blowout win for the majority of the game here in Chicago situation it felt like desperation and then you bring him in and he gives you the jolt because he gets you the touchdown and then that's it you're not going to rock with him you're not going to ride with him and from everything that Nagy said after the game it seems like he's not the starter in week two either now Andy Dalton was fine yesterday and that's why I reference the Bears defense because really the defense was the problem it wasn't anybody under center like Dalton was fine he was serviceable he wasn't spectacular though and of course you're going to need, if your defense is going to play like that, you're going to need something spectacular to come in and give you some serious jolt under center. And I know that's not Andy Dalton. I don't really know if it's Justin Fields either, but at least with Justin Fields, it's a maybe. The Bears started average Andy, and they got exactly what they started. Average Andy, 27 of 38, 206 yards, 5.4 yards per attempt, which he's not taking shots down the field, no touchdowns, an INT, a fumble, three sacks, and a 20-point loss. It's not all on him. But when you start average Andy and you get average Andy results, you shouldn't be all that surprised if the fan base is upset because that's what you knew you were getting into. Dalton is who he is. There's nothing different that's going to change at this point after all his years in the NFL. Dalton in primetime has always been a mess. Dalton as a starter in huge spots has always been a mess. And yesterday he gave you average results, which is what he is very good at doing. If you want the high ceiling which could come with a lower floor, you start Justin Fields. But if he's the future, it's about time you get him in there. Cincinnati's coming to town in week two. If you want to start Dalton in the, quote, revenge game, feel free. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Week one, it's not even over yet. But is it already time for some fan bases to consider, consider pushing the panic button? Looking at you, Jacksonville. It's coming up next here on ESPN Radio. Brainstorm, what is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet 
its best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. Here's Cooper, four-man rush for Florida State. Going to cut it loose. Phil Yaw Johnson caught it. Inside the 10, Phil Yaw Johnson on his feet. He'll cut back, and Jacksonville State has won at the horn. Jacksonville State upsets Florida State on Saturday on the final play of the game as the Seminoles lose for the first time to an FCS school. College football's play of the month is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, and so are the fans. Return the glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Alongside Amber Wilson, I'm Joe Fortenball. We are filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio, NFL Monday, week one edition. It's time to play a little panic or patience we are going to lay out nine scenarios for you that unfolded yesterday and we're going to tell you whether or not it's time to panic or whether or not it's time to demonstrate some patience number one out of the gate amber the tennessee titans despite closing as a two and a half point favorite lose by 25 points at home to the arizona cardinals derrick henry just 17 carries for 58 yards which was a paltry average of 3.4 yards per carry panic or patience I'm going to say patience, and the reason I'm going to say patience is because of all of the time that the Titans missed in terms of training camp and in the preseason and the missed opportunities that they had to practice together. I mean, Julio Jones missed three straight weeks. Ryan Tannehill had that nine-day stint on that reserve COVID-19 list. The starting offensive line had just a few practices together. A.J. Brown was often out of practices. And I, I think it's because of all that that you look to week one and, and they have a really rough start and a really sluggish start with Tannehill, three turnovers. I will tell you, after living through the Miami Dolphins' Tannehill years down in Miami, we spent seven years evaluating Ryan Tannehill asking, is he good? I mean, we just <laughs> in, in seven years later, like we still didn't have an answer. And then he went to Tennessee and we're like, oh, okay, he is good if he's on a good team. But the problem is – 
that when you don't have the practice time together and you don't have time to gel in the preseason and maybe this struck Green Bay a little bit as well I know we'll get into them in a second then this is what rust looks like in week one and when you're that rusty Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback but he's not some great elite quarterback he needs the rest of his team around him to be clicking I'll say patience for now I'm going to give them that time to gel She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Panic or Patience Week 1. The first one out of the gate, Tennessee losing 38-13 to Arizona. Panic. Panic in a big way. Offensive coordinator Arthur Smith left you in the lurch to take the head coaching job of the Atlanta Falcons in your first game out without your offensive coordinator against Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. You scored only 13 points in a game where you averaged 3.9 yards per play. Tannehill didn't look good. Derrick Henry didn't look good. The only saving grace for the Titans is the fact that the division stinks. Houston at 1-0 is on top. Indy looked awful in their matchup yesterday against Seattle, and Jacksonville fell flat on their face against the aforementioned Titans, or excuse me, Texans. You should be panicking because that offense looked awful. Panic or patience number two, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers as a favorite on a neutral in Jacksonville against the Saints. You you lose by 35 points, scoring only three in the process. I'm still going to go with patience here as well. I'm in a very zen kind of mood, apparently, <laughs> coming off of week one is what I'm learning here as we're yes. going through panic or patience, Joe. I'm going to say patience with the Green Bay Packers. Now, it's inexcusable what we saw yesterday. You mentioned neutral field. The Saints have been in Dallas the last couple of weeks practicing because of Hurricane Ida. This was more fat Packers fans in these stands than it was Saints fans for a quote-unquote Saints home game. This was a very bad look for the Green Bay Packers coming off of a very dramatic offseason where all eyes are going to be on them in this situation with Aaron Rodgers because is it the last dance, is it not the last dance? Either way, he's the reigning MVP, and either way, they're coming off of Uh, back-to-back appearances in the NFC Championship game. This should be a very good Green Bay Packers team. It should be a Packers team competing for a Super Bowl. That's the expectation here. And yet they just got trounced by 35 points in this game. It was a team-wide failure from the coach to the quarterback and everybody in between. It's completely unacceptable. But I will say, of course, you do have the reigning MVP. And the only real concern, like the legitimate concerns, because otherwise this this week feels just strange to me, the legitimate concern here would be those multiple rookies on the O-line because Aaron Rodgers was running for his life and that second interception was a complete desperation play. So I'll I'll say with that, the O-line play, maybe a little panic, but because we're talking about the vet and the reigning MVP. I'm going to be patient with it. He'll figure Agreed. it out. Agreed. Patience is the way to go. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have earned it. It's one game. It's a bad loss, but it's against a good Saints team. That's what you have to take away from all of that. It is a good Saints team, and we saw this before. It may have been seven years ago in 2014. Relax. If there's a guy or a team in which you want to buy the dip, this is the team because the Bears look bad. The Vikings look awful. Wouldn't be surprised if Mike Zimmer was the first head coach fired in Detroit. Not only just lost Jeff Okuda, their starting corner for the season due to an Achilles injury, but they look very shaky defensively, even with them, against the Niners. Panic or patience, number three. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fornball. We are filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Urban Meyer. In his debut as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, loses 37-21 at Houston. 
I mean, first-year head coach, right? And I have no idea if he's going to be a good coach in the NFL. I know he's one of the most storied coaches ever, maybe arguably the best or, you know, second-best coach to ever do it in college football. I have no idea what that looks like in the NFL, and it doesn't always pan out on both levels. I I guess panic from that regard. I mean, they look completely ill-prepared in his first game. Mistakes happen, but I do think – that you have to question the amount of mistakes, things like lining up incorrectly multiple times just in the first half alone, burning timeouts. That's coaching issues. It was a sloppy game, so I guess panic from that perspective. Panic without question. You're playing the Houston Texans for crying out loud. This was the Vegas favorite to go 0-17. You were three and a half point favorite on the road. You can lose that game. It's the NFL. You can lose any game. But you go into that matchup and you only hold the ball for 25 minutes. The Texans held the ball for 35 minutes with no talent on offense. You committed three turnovers, 10 penalties, and you were three for 11 on third down. That's just sloppy. You can lose and play well. Look at the Cleveland Browns at Kansas City. Then you can lose against bad teams playing awful football, and that's what happened. At the very least, the Jaguars should have been buttoned up. You can lose, but look buttoned up. The Jets look buttoned up to an extent in Carolina. Jacksonville looked awful. Panic or patience number four. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Indianapolis, the debut of Carson Wentz. They lose by 12 at home to the Seattle Seahawks in a game in which they were never really close. I'm saying panic. And the reason I'm saying panic is because Carson Wentz was supposed to see what it was like to have time in the pocket, to be protected. That was the whole point, right, of this whole experiment with the Colts. And now we're going to see the real Carson Wentz. He's not going to be running for his life. He's going to have the time to do it. And that O-line in front of him played terribly. Three sacks, ten quarterback hits. That's what I'm panicked about. Not actual Carson Wentz himself, but once again, the protection of Carson Wentz. And we know that if he doesn't have the team around him or if he doesn't have the protection, if he doesn't have the time, we know what that can look like. I'll go patience here. It wasn't a good performance at all for the Colts, but damn, Seattle looked good in that game. 28-16 to on the road against a team that was top 10 in total defense last year, Russell Wilson. I mean, can you breathe? 18 for 23, 254 yards, four touchdowns, no INTs. Can the guy get an MVP vote? Please. Once in his career, has never received a single MVP vote. And remember something, he finally has a forward-thinking offensive mind calling the plays. Shane Waldron came over and was hired as the OC from the LA Rams, where he served underneath Sean McVay. No more Brian Schottenheimer. No more Daryl Bevel. You finally have a cutting-edge play caller. And Wilson looked surgical in that matchup against Indianapolis. So ultimately for the Colts, patience. That's a really good first Seattle team. First time you're patient. Look at you. Yeah, first time I'm patient. You know. yeah, patient with the Packers, too. Patient with the Packers. Number five, panic or patience. Alongside Amber Wilson, I'm Joe Fordenball. We're filling in for Greeny today. Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings. Three-point favorites at Cincinnati. Whoops, they lose 27 to 24 to Joe Burrow in the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously been with the Vikings for seven seasons. I think he's the longest tenured coach that you could consider on the hot seat, but I think he's probably officially 
on the hot seat. They've missed the playoffs in two of their last three seasons. They finished 2020 seven and nine. I mean, what he's able to do moving forward matters a whole lot and matters a whole lot in terms of his job security as well. It just feels like when they used to be a regularly top 10 team and, and with that defense, a top 10 defense in the league, and now they have finished, you know, fourth worst in the league in points allowed last season. It's not trending the right direction there, Joe. And for that reason, I'm panicked. No doubt. Completely agree on that as well. Minnesota has all the makings of a dysfunctional team that is going to implode and then unload Mike Zimmer midway through the season. During the preseason, this was a team that averaged 13 points per game and went 9 for 40 on third downs. Zimmer was repeatedly calling out the offense, and yesterday they were eh, at Cincinnati against an average Bengals team at best. They went out in the offseason and they upgraded the defense because it was a huge problem and they still gave up 27 points to a quarterback coming off a serious knee injury on an offense that has a shaky offensive line. Minnesota looks like a team that could spiral very quickly if that spiral hasn't already begun. Panic or patience, number six, the New York football giants in year three of the Daniel Jones experience play host to the Denver Broncos and get rolled 27-13. It's hard to win a football game when you score 13 points, Joe. And yep. that's, of course, what happened here with Daniel Jones under center. Another costly fumble as well from Jones. We once again find ourselves in a giant season where it's like, is Daniel Jones good? Is he the answer? And it had a lot to do, of course, with Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay working their way back from injuries. They were non-factors. They combined for 91 total yards in that loss. It was certainly not all on Jones, but it just feels like the same old story again. It doesn't feel much like a new season here for the Giants coming off of a disappointing 2020. I'm panicked. I might surprise some people here by saying patience. I'm going to say patience with the Giants. The main reason for that is if you're going to continue to let David Gettleman make all the decisions, why rush it? Why panic? You know what you're getting with Gettleman. He's a guy who makes bad decisions, and he has continued to make— So you're calm because you expect the decisions to be poor. Your bar well, is so low. should be calm about Jacksonville as well. <laughs> Big, Big Blue's bar is so low with Gettleman as the general manager with the decisions that this front office and this team has made over the last few years. There's no reason you should panic because you should expect this team to be bad. You should expect no, these kind of mistakes. And you should also expect Teddy Bridgewater to cover point spreads. That's why he's earned the nickname Teddy ATS. He covers again on the road. No quarterback in NFL history has a better against the spread covering percentage than Teddy Bridgewater with like a minimum of 20 or 30 starts. The guy is unstoppable. Denver defense looked good. Don't panic if you're a Giants fan. This is what you should expect. Tell me you're a gambling guy without telling me you're a gambling guy. (laughs) The Teddy Bridgewater effect. Teddy Bridgewater just covers spreads. The guy is incredible. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Panic or patience number seven. Baker Mayfield with a chance to win the game. Just under three minutes remaining in Kansas City. Throws an interception and can't get the job done. He can't get the job done fine, but we discussed it earlier in the show. I am very calm about this situation. I thought up until those last couple minutes, you could feel really good if you're a Cleveland Browns fan about not just how your Browns played, but about how Baker Mayfield played as well. He, he went shot for shot 
with Patrick Mahomes. And that is saying a lot because obviously we know the greatness of Mahomes and that Kansas City Chiefs team. In fact, a lot of the headway that Mahomes made was that doing Mahomes things. It was Mahomes doing Mahomes things, uh, getting out of the pocket, doing crazy things on the run, and, and somehow still completing passes to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, who were lights out as his favorite weapons once again. And yes, Cleveland didn't have an answer how to stop those guys, and they certainly did try in the offseason. They spent their first couple picks of the draft on defense they addressed that secondary as well in the free agent market and they could not shut down those guys but nobody in the league can shut down those guys overall for the cleveland browns i'm very calm they hung with them and yes you want them to finish but they hung with them the difference between good and great is the ability to close in those spots tom brady closed thursday night against dallas he's great baker mayfield threw an int in that spot yesterday afternoon He's good. I got a bad feeling for the Cleveland Browns fans out there that you're about to go into the friend zone with Baker Mayfield. Just good enough to give him the contract and make him the guy. Not good enough to put you over the hump to win the big games in the big spots. Think Jay Cutler in Chicago. Think about some of the quarterbacks who have been just good enough to hold the job so that the team doesn't go searching for somebody else. It was the Rams with Jared Goff for a few years before Sean McVay finally said enough. Mayfield was solid. He was good. He wasn't great. I'm not going to panic. I'll say patience, but the friend zone's right around the corner. You don't sound patient. You're comparing (laughs) Baker Mayfield to Jared Goff and Jake Cutler. You don't sound patient. (laughs) Trying to bring some balance to the table. I realize I'm panicking in way too many situations. You're very over. You're very panicked after one week. I have already set the Super Bowl slate after 60 minutes of action. (laughs) All right, number eight, panic or patience, the Buffalo Bills. One of the favorites to win the AFC. They score only 16 points in a seven-point home loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, They do do that. I am going to be very patient, though, although I don't want to be as a Dolphins fan. Like, I want to believe, oh, hey, the Bills aren't nearly as good as we thought that they were, and this division's going to be for the taking. But unfortunately, I think that is still the Bills division. Obviously, it feels like that was an outlier. Uh, You know, you thought, obviously, that they were going to end up winning that game. They, They had a dominating defensive effort the first couple quarters. Then they cough up 20 straight points to the Steelers. Defense was more the problem for me than offense. They'll figure it out. Maybe they weren't. The Steelers, I think, are maybe surprising some people with the second half of that game. But there were some wacky things that happened there on special teams as well in order to get Pittsburgh that win. I'm still pretty calm overall with that very talented Buffalo team, Joe. Patience as well for the primary reason that I married into Bill's Mafia and I cannot afford to panic because then inside the house, the panic will just come back to me. And you know exactly how that works. You're married yourself. There could be a lot of trouble out there. Married in the Bills Mafia. Love Bills Mafia. Put me through a table if need be. No panic whatsoever. It was the Steelers. You're contractually obligated to love Bills Mafia. Contractually obligated. I got no problem with it. Growing up as an Eagles fan, that can be my AFC team. I'm all good with that. If they come together, I'm sure my in-laws will find a way to corrupt my young children into being Bills fans. That's fine as well. Good people, Bills Mafia. It's good to see teams back out on the gridiron. Lucky for us, that was just week one. DraftKings, the official draft fantasy partner, daily fantasy partner of the NFL, is putting you in the center of the action for week two. New customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit by signing up using code GREENY. Get in on the action now. It's simple. You just pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and you see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the NFL action like never before with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code GREENY. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars 
in total prizes. Enter code GREENY to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. That's code GREENY. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Every year we decide that this is the last year for Derek Carr. Offensively, they'll be really good. Defensively, I don't know. And I think the Ravens take that final step. I think they take it all the way to the Super Bowl. And I think Lamar Jackson gets it done. This Monday Night Football preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson. The Las Vegas Raiders opening Allegiant Stadium. They did it last year, but tonight will be the first night with a full house. They are four-point underdogs, over under a 50-and-a-half as they get set to host the Ravens. Little-known fact, John Harbaugh, 10-3 against the spread in Week 1. The Ravens break from the gate fast, but they've had a rash of injuries. Marcus Peters at corner out for this game. Seemingly the entire running back platoon out for this game. How do you see it tonight? This is the real opening of the NFL in Vegas. And I do think that that matters because the wild card here, I think, is that the Raiders are a team that is used to a real crowd there and a significant home field advantage. Like that crowd, obviously, in Oakland was a raucous crowd. And so we'll see what that's like in Vegas. You mentioned it's a transient city, right? It's a vacationer's destination. And that doesn't always mean a, a real home field advantage for teams. I mean, we deal with that sometimes down in Miami with certain games where the opposing team is very well represented because it's very fun to come vacation in Miami and hey let's go watch our team play on a Sunday as well or on a Monday night as the case may be here I I do think that the Ravens are obviously significantly banged up they've tried to shore up those losses but I think ultimately that that's obviously a a tall order to try to shore up those losses but they have the superior quarterback they have the superior defense even without their top running backs I still think that that is a dangerous Baltimore team Uh, and you know Vegas was ranked 24th in rushing defense last season so I do think that the Ravens will be able to get this done if you're looking for a wager I'd bet the under at 50 and a half rebuild offensive line for the Raiders and the Ravens being depleted with the running game that's what they want to do it could hurt them offensively one thing I'd love to see in the stadium gigantic slot machines in each end zone so that when a team scores a touchdown the player can run over and instead of everyone standing in front of the camera doing that pause pull the giant handle and watch the sevens come up across the slot machine but maybe that's too soon she's amber wilson i'm joe fordball we've been in for greenie which is presented by progressive insurance drivers who save with progressive save over 700 on average this has been espn radio Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.